I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, per Pastor Dave's suggestion and permission, we're going to change the wording just a little bit as we read this scripture. I'm pretty sure you're going to catch it. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? And what is Pastor Dave and Gary and Hermie and Ted and John and Pastor Dave is here also and Pastor Randy? Who are they? They're only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. You are God's building. Amen. Thank you, Jim, you big crybaby. <laughs> All right, I am not going to preach up here. I just want to be with you guys right here. So, passing baton to Pastor Henry. Uh, that's what I want to do today. And if you talk to any good track coach, they say that with those relay races, races are won and lost at the passing of the baton. So let's make a good pass. Good to see you, Reed and Ronnie. <laughs> oh, and, uh, but before I get into stuff, uh, I want to just talk about um, my brother Gary here. Yeah, he doesn't want me to talk about him, but you know, you know, after that spiel he gave yesterday, I mean, it was such a good spiel, and now I have to say something. <laughs> you know, do you know what it's like to live in the shadow of the Almighty? 
I mean, this is ridiculous. I, all my life, you know, it's like I wanted to take piano lessons. I never practiced. He did. So at the end of a recital, you know, I'd go up and fumble around on the piano. And then Mrs. Kruger would go, and now Gary. <laughs> Gary will come and play this final song because he was the best. And he can preach better than me. He can... He can, and he can sing better than me. He was a music and drama major, and so here I am, again, in the shadow of the Almighty, which reminds me of a joke that you didn't tell yesterday that I'm going to tell, and which was, you know, this guy, he was preaching in this uh, church, and he had to follow Billy Graham. And while Billy Graham was preaching, he looked up, and it was one of these old, uh, anybody here from Aberdeen? Yeah, there, you know, the downtown church there had all the stained glass. There's a stained glass. And he noticed up in the stained glass that there was a broken piece and it was replaced with a, a piece of cardboard. And so when Billy was done preaching, this guy gets up and he says, you know, um, I feel, you know, coming after Billy Graham, I feel a lot like that piece of cardboard up there. Not the real thing, but better than nothing. And so he got done preaching his spiel, and everybody was greeting him on the way out of church. He was shaking hands, and this little sweet, precious, older lady shook his hand rather vigorously and said, Sir, don't ever think of yourself as a cardboard substitute. You are a real pain. So, I've got a long sermon, but hopefully I won't be a real pain, and I'm not going to, I promise I won't be too long, but I do want to read what I read to our annual conference. They give the old guys, the guys that are retiring, a little last shot at the conference, maybe three or four minutes, and I just want to read to you. It was kind of like the story of my life. I think somebody put it on the Facebook, so maybe you've already heard this, but here's what I said to the annual conference maybe two or three weeks ago, and we got to sit there with Pastor Henry. Two, he was here that weekend. So I said, uh, in 1972, May, the end of my junior year of high school, Palatine, Illinois, suburb of Chicago, my brother Gary came home from college and shared with our family that he had given his life to Jesus Christ and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that night I gave my life to Christ. And Gary, I just want to thank you for sharing with our family. We've never been the same. And God has used you. You have been a mentor all my life. He's my go-to guy. I call him on the phone. We FaceTime together. He has blessed me being my spiritual father and my mentor all these years. And I just thank you, Gary. And then moving on. Uh, after graduating from high school, I went to a small NAIA school in northwest Iowa called Westmark College on a wrestling scholarship. Met Mary there. We were married in the middle of our senior year. After graduation, I was going to coach wrestling and teach social studies, but ended up as a youth worker at Central United Methodist Church in Millbank, South Dakota. And God used that church and Pastor Sam Graff. His grandson was on the big screen yesterday, and his son Steve was here at the church, but used Sam Graff to call me to the ministry. I'll never forget that spring day in 1979, walking into Sam's office telling him about the teaching position and the wrestling coach position that opened up at Millbank High School, and that I was going to go for it. 
And he came around the desk, he put his hands on my shoulders, looked at me straight in the eye, and said, might God be calling you to preach? I about fell over. Uh, talk about a witness from the Holy Spirit. Uh, never did apply for that coaching job. I felt like that was my ordination service in his office. From 80 to 84, went to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, which Gary mentioned yesterday in Deerfield, Illinois. I remember standing in front of the preachers of the conference. And pretend like you're part of the conference, because this is what I said. Uh, answering questions before ordination, like one asked, why did you go to that seminary? You know, because it's not United Methodist. And I told them that they would take anybody. Uh, there were no more questions. <laughs> However, I did take polity, which means like church government, from Garrett Seminary. And I said to them, I'm thankful for the Asbury folks uh, that adopted this poor Trinity guy into their lunch meeting they always have at annual conference. And like Pastor Joel was an Asbury guy, and Pastor Peter was an Asbury guy, and Pastor Henry is an Asbury guy. So, okay. Our first church was Stickney, South Dakota. Uh, the smallest one-point charge in the conference. Wonderful people. There's a few here today. I know they're here. And I followed a wonderful pastor named Kermit Culver, who had been there for three years. And I tell Kermit, it took me seven years to clean up his mess. <laughs> but we love Kermit. And he's retired. He lives down in Kentucky now. I, you know, I think he's in Nashville or somewhere like that. And then we got to spend five years working with Eldon Reich at Aberdeen First United Methodist Church. Eldon, what a great leader and a role model for me. He had experience. If you, uh, like, Google the Asbury Revival, like in the early 70s, do it. Uh, wow, it made like national news, but uh, he experienced the Asbury revival, and I think he carried that revival spirit fire with him, and I think some of it got on me. And then we got to spend 25 years here at Calvary United Methodist Church in Fargo, and it doesn't get any better than that. I've had great joy when I see people come to faith in Jesus. I've had greater joy to see our three kids come to faith in Jesus. And my greatest joy has been to have Mary. Where is she? Did she leave? No. <laughs> she told me if I ever left her, she's, gonna, she's coming with. That's the kind of wife, that's the kind of wife I get, you know, uh, to have Mary as my wife, my partner, my friend, she's a rock, she's a great listener, heard my best sermons in the kitchen when she's allowed me to vent. You know, preachers do that once in a while. Uh, she's a preacher's kid, and I always say she is perfect for me. What a gift. In retirement, as you know, we're going to be living in a cabin uh, Mary's parents built in 1975 near Finlayson, Minnesota. 60 miles south of Duluth, we've been so blessed by Calvary Church. Again, I'm speaking to the conference as they have helped fix it up on three different weekends so that we can live there and stop by on the way to Duluth, stay overnight, free hamburgers. I'm serious. And then my challenge was from John Wesley. Uh, he told his preachers, he said, have nothing to do but save souls. And before his preachers got on the boat to come to America, John Wesley uh, said, just offer them 
Christ. Offer them Christ. And then I thank the conference for appointing Pastor Henry Jenkins to Calvary. Uh, Everybody is excited. And then last, I thank the Dakotas Conference for loving me and Mary. And I said, I hope to see you at the cabin. So in the bulletin, I have a little outline here. I have 10 items, and we're going to run through these kind of quick. But there are two words, and let's see if you can get the hang of it after we get into it. But it's just some truths that I think I gleaned from the scripture that I want to share with you that I think are important, you know, as, you know, we remember and experience the Lord now, but always as we look ahead. So M, M is for more, you know, and some of these I'll read the scripture. Some of them I'll just kind of paraphrase or quote, but in Ephesians 3.20, you know, he's able to do exceeding abundantly more than we can ask or think. So think about that. You know, God is able to do more than you can pray for, more than you can think, you know, and I think he has more in store for all of us, you know, more about Jesus. You know, our, our mission here is to know Christ and to make him known. You know, you don't know everything about Christ. Reed, you don't know everything about Ronnie yet. How long have you been married? 45 years? 44 years. See? You know, so more about Jesus. Don't ever think you've arrived. You know, the minute you think that, you know, God is going to humble you big time. You know, when Paul got older in the faith, he he saw more of his sin, you know. I'm the worst of all. I'm the chief of sinners. So more. A lot of people say, I want more of God. No, you don't. If you got Jesus, you got all God you're going to get. God needs to get more of you. You know, it's not like you get half of Jesus, or half of God, or half of the Holy Spirit. When you are saved, when you're born again, you get all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. But the Holy Spirit wants to get more of you. And we'll get to that a little bit later. And the other M is for Mary. And I already talked about Mary. She's my Proverbs 31 woman. And I love you, Mary. Thanks for hanging in there with me. And we're going to just walk out into the sunset together. No, we're going to, I tell everybody, I'm not going to retire from being a Christian. I'm not going to retire from being a pastor. I'm just not going to get paid for it. (laughs) All right. So now that was M. O, and I'll try to be brief, O is for others. You know, Philippians 2. You know, don't just think of your own interests, but think of the interests of others. How important is that? You know, in a church, in a family. Think of others, you know. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who was like God in his nature, and yet he humbled himself. He became a man. He was obedient, you know, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him, gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Think of others. And then the other O is for O, our offer, offer them Christ. And I already, I already said that in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 5. I just wanted to read this one real quick here. 2 Corinthians 4, 5. It says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. So, M is for more and Mary. O is for others and offer. And then the first T is for time. Uh, 
You know, Ephesians 5, 5, 15, it says, make the most of every opportunity. Some versions say, make the most of your time. 25 years, boom, it's over. I mean, how quick did that go? It seems like we just got here, Ted. 25 years, and we got eternity to look forward to. But while we're here, the Apostle Paul says, make the most of your time because the days are evil. You've got a rose to give, give it now. You've got a letter to write, write it now. You've got a prophetic word to speak, speak into that person now. If your soul needs to be saved, if you don't know Jesus today, do it now. Accept Christ now. Make the most of your time. Okay, so the next T is from, or about being thankful, and I already expressed my thanks to the congregation for everything that you, I can't, we're just speechless, but you know, in, in uh, Psalm 100, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You know, sharper than a serpent's tooth is a thankless child. So always, always be thankful and in Thessalonians, you know, Paul is writing to this church at Thessalonica, and he says, we always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, be thankful. And then the other T is uh, together is better. And you've heard me say that uh, many times before. Two are better than one. A quarter of three strands is not easily broken. And I tell you what, the, the devil's greatest tool is to get Christians to fight with one another. The greatest tool is for you to allow bitterness in your heart and unforgiveness in your heart so that the church is broken. Because Jesus said, they're going to know that you're Christians by the love you have for one another. And I tell you, if there is bitterness between you and somebody else in the church, or if there's something between you and God, you need to get it right. Because that destroys unity. And when you have unity, there is power when people can see that the Holy Spirit and faith in Jesus really makes a difference in the way you love God, but also the way you treat other people, even people that you might not like very well. Amen? All right, that's truth. So, M-O-T-T, do you get where we're going here? Uh, the A is for all, and we need to remember Romans eight twenty eight, don't we? You know, all things work together for good, right? To those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And just remember the sovereignty of God that, you know, if you're a believer and things happen to you, don't get all bent out of shape. Ask the Lord, you know, what instead of why? You know, what are you trying to teach me, Lord? All things are supposed to work together for our good if we're called according to his purpose, if we love him. And so that's uh, the first all. And the second all is that Romans uh, 3.23. We, we got to remember that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that all we like sheep have gone astray. And that means all people need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus because of this sin. All right, so what does that spell, M-O-T-T-A? Yeah. So this is our last Sunday here, so I used my last name. Now, the other five letters, can you imagine what they would be? 
It starts with H. So H, I want to say hallelujah. I just preached my hallelujah sermon from Revelation 19 about a month ago. And it was like, hallelujah, you know, and it's like, you know, hallelujah. is like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, the Lord our God reigns. It almost speaks of the sovereignty and the almightiness of God. And I, I just say, hallelujah, and the second blank there is for Henry. Like Gary mentioned yesterday, um, you know, I was really moved. I know Kathy Spriggs and I were... And Mary were sitting at the parsonage waiting for the DS to bring the new pastor in. And I, I know all the evangelical people in the conference. And I thought, well, I wonder who's coming. And, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll get this, this big, tall guy. And who's this? And right away, when we met him, it was like a witness from the Holy Spirit. And I just felt like, wow, the sovereignty of God. And so I just say hallelujah for Henry. Again, you know, it's like what Jim read, you know. Uh, he's not Dave and I'm not Henry. And Apollos is not the Apostle Paul. Who are we anyway? We're nothing. We're nothing. We're just servants by whom people hopefully come to faith in Jesus Christ. So H is for hallelujah and Henry. E is for, I just say, each one, reach one, teach one. I know Pastor Henry is really excited about discipleship. I mean, he's all fired up. It's like I'm on the last lap around, you know, trying to get to the finish line. And Henry's like in the starting gate waiting for the bell to ring, you know, bing, like a horse. It's like Seabiscuit, ready to go. And he is really geared up on discipleship. You know why? Because that's what the Bible talks about, discipleship. Go and make disciples of all nations. And so he's really... Uh, focusing in on discipleship and obeying the great commission. And so I'm thankful for that. Each one, reach one, teach one. Can you imagine if each one of us started praying for one of our unsaved friends? Can you imagine what would happen? Lord, give me a chance to speak to somebody. Give me a chance to share the gospel with somebody. Give me a chance to have a relationship with an unbeliever and slowly introduce them to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what would happen if we were intentional about that? Each one, reach one, teach one. And then the end, uh, the N is for, I just put never alone. And that's the end of the Great Commission. You know, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, it was first like, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe what I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And I think John Wesley's dying words were this, and best of all, God is with us. And best of all, God is with us. And then I have a couple other ends here, and, they, and you just fill in the blanks with nothing. I mean, not, not nothing, but the word nothing. You know, it's like don't put nothing there, but the, put nothing there. Okay. So, again, John Wesley said to his preachers, have nothing to do but save souls. And I think it's Proverbs 11 verse 30, that says, he who is wise will save souls. And then 
I put down another nothing, nothing but the blood. Remember that. There's, there's no way that we can be saved apart from Jesus Christ, apart from what he's done on the cross. Uh, not our good works, not anything that we can do. And in uh, Hebrews it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So H-E-N, and now R, all these R's, you can write these in and look up these verses, but remember, Deuteronomy 8, you know, they've just, the, the Hebrews, they forgot about what God did. They forgot about all the miracles. They forgot about how he delivered them out of Egypt and provided manna and, you know, all that stuff for them, and, and they just forgot. Don't forget what God has done in the life of this church. Don't forget. And uh, another R is Revival. There have been many prophetic words about this church and about this area, about revival. I believe revival is coming. And I believe in some ways it's already here. But God is going to break out and pour out another outpouring of his Holy Spirit, if you know what that means. If you read history and how... You know, how God just moved in such a way that people were getting saved and healed and delivered. Uh, it's called revival. And I believe that that's going to happen. Another word is repentance. You know, in Acts 17, he wants all people everywhere to repent. You know, sometimes that's missing from the gospel today. We need to call people to repentance. Turn away from sin. Away from our idols to the living God. And then the other R is for refreshing. You know, God is going to bring times of refreshing. And then there's another R uh, in 2 Corinthians about reconciliation. You know, God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus, but he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's, again, reconciliation, oneness with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but almost like we beg people, I beg you to be reconciled to God. So there's the R. And then the last one, is uh, you. So Henry, his first name. Mata is my last name. Get it? And Henry is the first name. And you, in Acts 1.8, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, you will receive power. Not just Gary or my son-in-law who's pastor over at Burning Hearts, or any other preacher here, it's you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what are we supposed to do when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? And you will, you, you, will be my witnesses uh, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Now, this C, of course, stands for Christ. <laughs> I love Hermie. What a nice little thing he made there to take pictures from, that little Cubs thing out there, and we feel so blessed. But, you know, my brother and I, we joke about this because we were brainwashed when we were little, you know, with the Cubs and growing up around Chicago, and it used to be uh, Cubs stands for, you know, C-U-B-S, completely useless by September. And then, and then, uh, after, uh, well, well, after they lost, Gary made up another one, you know, for us poor cubby fans, you know, they always lose. Uh, Christ understands baseball sadness. (laughs) 
And then after they won, it was like Christ unleashed baseball success. After they won the World Series. And uh, I think, you know, right now is a pivotal point in the life of a church. Like I said, races are won and lost at the passing of the baton. Let's make a good handoff. Would you help us make a good handoff? Would you do that? Because, you know, it could be for us that we would be completely useless by September. (laughs) We don't want that. Or it could be, it could be that Christ is going to unleash biblical splendor. Huh? So... Your choice, (laughs) your choice to know Christ, to make him known, and I I firmly believe, and I'm not just saying this, I I firmly believe that the best is yet to come for Calvary. I believe that with all my heart. Come on, amen? Amen. I'm still the pastor here. And I know they got this all figured out and how this is going to go. But after that song, my brother leaned forward. I think he had a word from God. And it's in the Bible, too. But he said, somebody, there's, there's somebody here that needs to receive Christ today. Today. And then after she got done singing, he goes, offer him Christ. I mean, it's like, that's what you're preaching about, you know, offer him Christ. So I'm going to offer you Christ and bow your heads. And who is it? Is it you? Is it you? Do you need to receive Christ today? If, if it's you, just in your heart, agree with me in prayer. And then let me know on the way out that it was you. And I'll give your name to Henry, and he can follow up on you. Pray something like this. God, I just thank you for the awesome wonderful plan of salvation. Thank you for the time that you've given me uh, to be and to live on this earth and to hear the gospel even today. Lord, I thank you that heaven is an absolutely free gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I thank you, Lord, that You love me even though I'm sinful, that we cannot save ourselves, that our righteousness, what we think is really good, is really bad, and we can't be good enough for you. And I thank you, Lord, that you love us and you don't want to punish us, but you are just and you must punish sin. And I thank you for solving the whole problem in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, the sinless Son of God Savior, and he did something on the cross that we can't do. And I thank you, Lord, for Jesus. And now, Lord, I just want to place my faith in what Jesus has done on the cross. And I just say, yes, Jesus. Yes, I believe that you are the Son of God. Yes, I believe you died for my sins. Yes, I need you. And I accept you into my life. And I turn away uh, from all of my sins. I rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I thank you for the salvation that I have right now. 
And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up for the benediction and thank you so much. Love you guys. So, (laughs) let's put our hands up and bless each other. So the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen? Amen. Amen. We love you.